Hello and welcome to the Jumbo Package NFL Podcast. I'm Sonny Giuliano. I'm joined by my co-host Paul Clark on this lovely Friday evening. Paulie and I are breaking down each and every division in the NFC tonight. We've already done the four divisions in the AFC. And tonight we are starting off with the NFC East. Paulie, are you ready to dive into the NFC tonight after doing two and a half hours of AFC last night? NFC time. I'm ready. Uh, see what ha- see how uh, see how our picks compare. I guess probably the the superior of the two conferences. Um, would you agree? I would. Uh, you know, as I was breaking down each division, man, <laughs> NFC South is loaded. It's. I mean. If we're looking at probably the the number of teams that could represent the uh, conference in the Super Bowl, there are probably more um, in the NFC than there are the AFC. I guess that depends on how much you like certain teams. But uh, the defending Super Bowl champions do reside in the NFC East, and they are the topic of my one big question. Um, I guess this is kind of always the big question after you win the Super Bowl, but Mine is, can the Philadelphia Eagles repeat as Super Bowl champions? It's, it's been an awful tough thing to do. Uh, you know, not, not too many teams have done it. I mean, if you look as, the, as great as the Patriots have been over the last 17 years or so, I think they've only done it once. So it's, uh, it's a tough, it's a tough beat. So. Eagles are going to have their work cut out for them, you know. They're the hunted, not the huntee anymore. So it's a different story, you know, for them. Yeah, the the Patriots and let's see, it would have been the '03 and '04 seasons repeated. Before that, Denver did it in '97, uh, '98. The Cowboys in the early '90s, but yeah, it's been quite some time since anyone has done it, and the Eagles. You know, as we were saying, it's not going to be easy to get back, considering the road that they'll have to to likely go through um, in the playoffs. And not to mention playing a first place schedule uh, this year in the regular season. What's your one big question for the NFC East? My one big question for the NFC East is: is is this Eli Manning's last last go around as the Giants quarterback? Hmm. It's possible. I mean, he he got benched last year in a decision that was not so popular amongst Giants fans, um, especially considering the guy he was benched for was Geno Smith, not not exactly the the future of the franchise. But you know, Eli's getting up there. He's thirty seven, and uh, it, it certainly looks like the, his best days are behind him, though I guess you could make a case that that with some some of the weapons that he has around him um, in the present, maybe maybe you've still got a little life left. What do you think? I, I think the weapons are fine. It's the five guys in front of them that I think are the biggest question mark. I mean, yeah. Eric, Eric Flowers at, at – at a starting position is just scary to me. That guy, yeah, that top goal of it last year, and uh, you know he's he's still a starting lineman. 
for them. I, you know, Eli, Eli, you know, some everybody has a different opinion of Eli, but um, one thing everybody knows is he, he's not very mobile. So <laughs> his offensive exactly. line is definitely going to be able to hold, got to hold up because if they don't, all them weapons really don't mean too much. Yeah, and and that's probably the key. And, and as good as some of those young guys are around him, um, with Barkley and Beckham and and a couple other pieces, I would agree with Mike right in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they 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 have the pieces on the outside. They have the the talented position players. But as you said, this is not the the steady offensive line that that took the Giants to two Super Bowls in, in 07 and, or 08 and 2011. Um, completely different makeup. But, you know, I, like I said, I think that there is a, a case to be made. Um, some of Eli's better football has been with Odell Beckham Jr. on the field. And, and really, he, he was just a disaster without that number one receiver to throw to last year, which led to the benching, but um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with a, a new play caller, um, a legitimate running back, and hopefully a, a healthy Beckham all season long. Um, let's transition and do best coach in the NFC East. I, mean, I, think, I think it's hard not to go with the guy who just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing it, I'm like, well, it's kind of hard to go with somebody, you know, that's unproven or Jason Garrett or, you know, or you just go with the guy that won the Super Bowl last year. So we're, we're going to go with him. Yeah, Peterson's the easy pick. Um, it, and, you know, as you kind of mentioned, it's not like the NFC has a Mount Rushmore of head coaches at the moment. No, but, um, no not at all. It does seem pretty solidified after that postseason run um, and adapting to life without Carson Wentz that Peterson's probably, I mean, it's safe to say he's one of the three or five best head coaches in the league, right? I mean, what he did last year was just unbelievable. Like, I mean, he kept that team on the straight and narrow, and, you know, when, when Wentz, when Wentz, Wentz got hurt, you know, everybody thought that was it, and he just, uh, you know, sailed him on to the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Yeah, he, I mean, he caught a bad rep as, because Kansas City fell short in the playoffs, and he was their offensive coordinator for three years. And, you know, I think part of it is he looked goofy with the visor, and, and really, to be honest, he wasn't that good in his first year as a head coach. I, I I did not think we would see this turnaround from year one to year two for him, but it's indisputable at this point that he was a gifted offensive mind and he was fearless as the Eagles play caller. Um, and it worked out. I mean, they, they won the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback, and they, they have a really talented roster both sides of the ball, but even still, that is a death sentence for a lot of teams to lose their MVP caliber quarterback um, in December, I mean, uh, yeah, MVP. I mean, he was. I mean, safe to say, uh, he was probably the the best quarterback in the NFL when he got hurt, wasn't he? I mean, I thought so. And and we'll get to this when we do best offensive player. But he, in my opinion, he 
not only would he have won the MVP if he stayed healthy, I thought he should have won the MVP anyway. Even missing, I I, I think even missing the three that. games. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. talked about it on the podcast last year. He would have still got my vote. Just amazing, he was. He was, you know, I really felt bad for him too. Like, eh, what a, I don't know, that just a way, you know, to to go down like that and hate to see that for a guy like him. Right. Let's let's get right into best offensive player because Wentz was my pick for best offensive player in the NFC East. Um, yeah, I went with I went with Wentz too. I mean, uh, you look, you, you know, Beckham, and you know, you got to consider Zeke Elliott, who was also a, a great running back in that division. Um, but I went with Wentz. I mean, he just the way he led that team last year and. It, like like we just talked about, he was the best quarterback in the NFL when he got hurt last year. And I think yeah. he comes back, and I, I, I can't see why he wouldn't be just as good, if not better, than he was last year. Right. I mean, he had 3,200 yards passing when he got hurt, 33 touchdowns, only seven interceptions, a 102 passer rating. Um, if he stays healthy for all 16 games, we're looking at a season where the Eagles probably go 14-2, and two, and he ends the year with right around 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. I mean, that that's elite company. There are very few seasons with, with guys who went for 4,000 and 40 touchdowns. Like, yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, and he, he was and right on track. Just doesn't make mistakes either. Like, just a solid quarterback, like – that doesn't doesn't make that stupid throw and it's just a really really good quarterback. Yeah, um, Cleveland's probably wishing they would have went for him. <laughs> that would have been the right move. Um, hindsight's twenty twenty, and I guess we don't know what to expect from Baker Mayfield. But even still, um, I I didn't. I mean, I'll be the first to say it and. And I remember talking about this with you on the podcast beginning of the year last year. Neither of us really understood the little bit of late Eagles hype that there was heading into their season. We did talk about that too. Yeah, they um, they got a lot of it, and <laughs> it came out of nowhere. Like just in the last two weeks, it was like someone knew something, yeah, and just sort of snowballed. And and we talked about it that first week or the first couple weeks. Like just didn't get it. I mean. It's hard to to judge a rookie quarterback too much, but you know I didn't think from year one to year two once would be an MVP candidate and a damn good one at that. Like the leading candidate for MVP, thirteen games into the season, um, and I, I I guess we didn't really understand the the kind of talent that they had throughout that entire roster, which we'll, we'll eventually get to. But um, you mentioned Beckham and Elliott. In a lot of other divisions, those two would probably be the picks for best offensive player. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I was looking and I was like, best player, I was like, oh, no, Beckham, Zeke Elliott, and then I was like, oh, Carson Wentz. I was like, <laughs> I mean, I got, I got to go Carson Wentz. So. Um. And what's interesting is, you know, Wentz missed the last three games in the Eagles' entire playoff run. Um, 
Beckham missed 12 games last year. And Elliott missed six because of suspension. So these guys, they weren't even in the picture in the NFC you saw last year. Um, it'll be – it'll be. I don't know that the division is more competitive and, and we'll get to where we stand on these teams record-wise later on. Um, but at the very least, this will be a more entertaining division with Beckham yeah. and Elliott back in the picture – hopefully for all 16 games. Um, One thing you do got to mention is that Dallas offensive line is really good. I mean, uh, you know, if they could run the football, I mean, last year they had, you know, I, I think Dak Prescott kind of showed his weaknesses last year. Mm-hmm. And uh, But with Zeke in the lineup, Dallas is definitely a much better team. Well, what's crazy is Elliott missed six games last year, and – he still finished. He still finished like I think top ten in rushing yards. Yeah. And he led all rushers in yards per game by eleven yards per game. Um, and that's only one of four guys in the twenty first century to lead all rushers in yards per game by at least ten yards. And I, I saw that. It, well, I let me rephrase. I saw 11 yards per game, and I thought, wow, that, that seems like a lot. That, you know, that, that was an extra first down per game, basically. So I decided right. to go through all the seasons, and compared to the other three guys on, on that list and in that group, it's actually not that impressive. The, the highest amount of yards per game um, – the biggest gap between one and two was Adrian Peterson in 2012. Um, he was 31 yards per game better than second place. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just as a reminder of how good Adrian Peterson was at his very peak. And now right. he's in the NFC East. Correct. Yes, he is. Um. But anyway, yeah. But that leads us into top newcomer. Yeah, we could go right into division newcomer and, and then circle back to, to best defensive player. But <laughs> best division newcomer, I don't have I don't have uh, Adrian Peterson as my pick, but I do have a Washington Redskin. I went with their quarterback, Alex Smith. Well, well of course you did. He played for the Chiefs last year. <laughs> If you haven't checked out our our, our uh, AFC West podcast that we posted, it would have been probably two days ago. Check that out. There, there was um, there was a lot of Chiefs-related banter <laughs> on that one. Um, I don't have the red shorts on tonight. Oh boy, I'm wearing I... I'm wearing my FGCU colors tonight. Uh, oh, gotcha. Funny, I'm also wearing a pair of FGCU shorts tonight. Really? Are they like the blue yep. mesh ones? Yep. Wow, yeah, okay, yeah, we're twins tonight. Twinsies, yep. So yeah, Alex Smith, I, listen, I don't think the Redskins are going to be very good this year, but I don't think it will be his fault. Um, I don't think he will have the kind of season he had last year. I think that a lot of that had to do with Andy Reid and Matt Nagy and, and those weapons, uh, Kelsey and Hill and Hunt. 
he, he doesn't have that kind of talent or that kind of coaching around him in Washington. But even still, I would say that Alex Smith over Kirk Cousins is an upgrade. And I I imagine that there are people who would disagree with with that take, but that's my stance. Um, you did not select Alex Smith here. Where did you go? I selected Alex Smith. Oh, wow. I did. I'm, I'm I, I, went, I went right to Alex Smith. But I, did, I, I mean, I don't think Alex Smith is going to win you a Super Bowl, but he's a solid quarterback. I, I, I am on the other side of you on this. I, I would rather have Kirk Cousins, but losing Cousins, Alex Smith is a solid replacement. Like, he's – it's not a terrible drop-off, I wouldn't say. Like, if somebody said, you got to have Alex Smith, I, I mean, it's not terrible. So, right. I, I went with him. I think a guy that you got to look for having a decent year in Washington is their running back, Chris Thompson. I, I think the way Alex Smith likes to throw the ball to the running back, I, I think he's got a chance to have a good year. For sure, um, and he got injured last year, but hopefully coming back healthy, that'll he'll definitely be one of Smith's preferred weapons. And if Jordan Reed could stay healthy, he could definitely um, fall into that Travis Kelsey role. Yes. Um, as far as other guys, that the the Eagles getting Michael Bennett and Haloti Nada, um, both of those That's guys scary. are beyond their. Yeah, they're both beyond their prime years. Bennett's 32 and Nada's 34, but shuffling those two into the Eagles' defensive line rotation seems kind of unfair. Yeah, um, that Eagles' defensive line is just scary good. They're they're nasty. Um, and the other the other guy that I went with, not a player, but I went with Pat Shermer. I think going from from Ben McAdoo to Shermer that that's way more than a minimal upgrade. Yeah, Ben McAdoo was not a very good head coach. Arguably the worst coach in the league last year. I think yep. you can make a really strong case that he was. Yep, he was definitely in the running. I mean, it's hard to be worse than Hugh Jackson since he didn't win a game, but he was right up there. Right. Just looking at the talent that that McAdoo had compared to the talent that was on the Browns last year, true. And and how badly he mismanaged the whole Eli thing, I, I just think all things considered, it might have actually been a worse coaching job. Yep. Yep. Uh, um, let's go to best defensive player. Uh, we we sort of touched on my pick here when we mentioned Bennett and Nada. My pick was Fletcher Cox. Uh, you. Per Pro Football Focus, which we won't—I won't do the the whole steal tonight. If you miss all of the AFC episodes, I pronounce my my love for Pro Football Focus. Uh, but he he was their number four interior defensive lineman, and he was really really good all season long, and especially in the playoffs. He had oh he was just he had sixteen total pressures in the Eagles three game playoff run. Um, That's unbelievable. Yeah, especially from the inside. It, he, he's right up there. He's not Aaron Donald, but he's on that very next tier as far as interior defensive lineman goes. Um, 
But there are a lot of other there are other candidates in, in this division. Did you go with Cox or did you go somewhere else? Um, I actually took I actually had Cox as my runner up. I went with the Marcus Lawrence. I thought he had yeah, a good very very good year for the Cowboys last year. Um, fourteen and a half sacks, just very disruptive off the edge. Um, it, it definitely came down to him and Cox, but. I I just gave this slight edge to Demarcus Lawrence just for the fact of Fletcher Cox has a lot better help around him, and sure. I think Demarcus Lawrence sees more doubles and and stuff like that. So I, I thought he was very disruptive for a Cowboys defense last year that was a little better than it's been, and uh, I, I thought he was uh, very good last year. So that that was my selection. Pro Football Focus would agree with you. According to them, he was the number one edge rusher in the league last year. So, wow, you're you're right on par with PFF. <laughs> uh, the one other guy that we should mention, um, maybe not the best defensive player, but perhaps the most important is Sean Lee for Dallas. Yeah, yeah, he's just a totally different defense when he's in there. He's a tackling machine, that guy. Well, I found this stat really interesting. In 39 games that Lee's played over the last three years, the Cowboys have allowed an average of 19.6 points and 278 yards per game. In the nine games that he's missed, they've allowed 32.7 points and 376 yards per game. So basically a 13-point and 100-yard difference with Sean Lee in the lineup. Wow. Um, and, you know, that's not a massive sample size, and I haven't looked to see what teams those games were against, but his value to that defense is it's, it's pretty apparent. Yeah. Um, there, there's no arguing how valuable he is to them. But uh, I, I think if you go any of those three, you're you're pretty safe with that. Brandon Graham is another guy on the Eagles defensive line that you can make a case for. Um, some good talent on the, the defensive side of the ball in the NFC East. Uh, let, let's go to best rookie. I imagine we will both have the same pick here. Uh, yeah, uh, a guy in New York by the name of Saquon Barkley. I yeah, yeah you know, I'm there. <laughs> going going into the draft, I think we both agreed he was probably the best player in the draft. Yep. Um, Giants got him. Uh, I think he's just. I think he's a great great talent. Probably going to be one of the best running backs in the league. So he's probably definitely the best rookie in the, the division. Um, two other guys. I think you can watch for Darren Payne in Washington. He's actually a lineman out of Alabama. And uh, Ethan Vanderesh, linebacker from Boise State that the Cowboys drafted, I think is also a guy that could be a very good NFL player. But Saquon Barkley gets the nod. Those are the exact three guys that I had. Um, Adding Payne to that defensive line in Washington – with a former Alabama teammate of his, Jonathan Allen, and then Ryan Kerrigan. That, that's not a bad place to, no, no, to, that's to a start good, building that's your a defensive start. line. Yeah, that, that's definitely a good start. Um, but I'm with you. Barkley seemed like the, the very logical pick. I, I 
he would be my pick to win Rookie of the Year. Uh, I think he is currently the Vegas favorite to win Rookie of the Year. Um, and if you really like Barkley, you could bet him right now at plus 1,400 to win the rushing title. A rookie has won the rushing title each of the last two years. I, I would I would consider jumping on that. I, I think he's going to be helped by the fact that with some of the weapons that, that the Giants have, um, you know, as, as we mentioned, Odell Beckham. Um, I, I think that they're going to be able to pass the ball effectively enough where he's not going to see eight-man boxes, and he's going to be right up there near the top of the league in rushing yards at the end of the year. He's definitely going to get his chances, that's for sure. Um, I guess with that said, all we have left to do is go over division records. We can do a hot seat. We didn't do the hot seat watch. You're absolutely right. This is why we bumped you up to co-host. <laughs> to, to make sure that mistakes like that weren't made. <laughs> Very good job. All right, hot seat watch. Where are you at? I, I, I think I went to the obvious choice here. I mean, it's got to be Jason Garrett, right? I mean, he's had a million chances. Um, I think Dallas has to be in contention or make the playoff. I mean, I think they really have to make the playoffs for him to save his job. I mean, he's had talented teams and just not got the job done. I mean, two years ago, gets a home playoff game against the Packers, loses the game. Just, I don't know, I, I, how much how much patience does Jerry Jones have with Jason Garrett? Here's the, I actually went a different direction, um, only because I, I kind of feel like we're getting to the point where Jason Garrett is like the poor man's Marvin Lewis in this respect, where like he he's just might never, yeah, he's never gonna get fired. Like we look at you look at Garrett's record, he's sixty-seven and fifty-three. Like he has a winning record, just like Marvin Lewis. But where where are the playoff wins? Where is the consistency where you're getting to? to 10, 11 wins every year. There are these mixed-in years where it's 6 and 10 or 7 and 9. Um, I just feel like he, he might be a Jerry Jones guy, and, and Jerry Jones is old and stubborn, and he just might never get rid of him. Um, I went with Jay Gruden. Heading into year five, um, Gruden's the only Washington coach in the 21st century to get to a fifth year. Um, he has a, this is his fifth year already. That's, fifth that's year, he, he's 28-35-1, so he has a losing record. Um, but n- no other Redskins coach in this century got to a fifth year. So he, he's already gotten further than every other Redskins coach. And, you know, I, I don't know that expectations are tremendously high in Washington, but even still, like, at a certain point, you kind of have to look at what he's doing and wonder, is this our guy? Right. And I, I think that's a that's a conversation that Washington is going to have to have internally at some point this year because I, I think Washington is the fourth best team in this four-team division. So, 
With that said, now we can go into division records. Polly, do you want to lead the way? Uh, yeah, I'll lead the way. Sure. From the bottom to the top, I went Giants at 6 and 10, mm-hmm. Washington at 7 and 9, Dallas at 10 and 6, and the Philadelphia Eagles win the division at 12 and 4. All right, we, we are uh, a little off here. I like it. I have Washington 5 and 11. I have the Cowboys and the Giants at 7 and 9. And I have the Eagles at 12 and 4. I'm, I'm surprised you're as high as you are on the Cowboys. I'm, I'm really not that high on them. I just think they're gonna, I think they, you know, I, I don't think the Giants and the Redskins are really gonna be that good. I'm just not, uh-huh. I'm not real sold on the, the Giants yet. I think they're getting there, but I don't think they're there yet. So, I think Dallas is going to benefit from that. Their schedule isn't that tough to me. I, when I looked at it, I, I saw some games that I really thought they should win, but comes down to a Phillies, the class of the division. Yeah, by, by a pretty wide margin. Uh, the Giants' schedule early on is just brutal. Brutal, yeah. Yes. I was looking at it, and I was like, wow, the Giants did not get no papers early on. No, they really didn't. I mean, you could make a case like. I actually think I had them starting off maybe like 1-6 and or something like that. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, their bye week is week nine. Their first eight are home for Jacksonville, at the Cowboys, at the Texans, home for the Saints, at the Panthers, home for the Eagles, at the Falcons, home for the Redskins before a bye. I mean, really, the only one of them games where they're going to be favored is the last one against the Redskins at home. Right, right. Man. Yeah, it'll be, uh, even if it's not all that competitive, which I, I don't think it will be, um, with uh, with Barkley and, and hopefully the, the top-tier talent at the – on the offensive side, hopefully those guys stay healthy. It will be a, a more entertaining division this year than it was last year. Yeah. Um, do we have any any closing thoughts? Uh, my only closing thought is it's time for a snack and to move on to the next division. NFC West coming up. Make sure you check it out. Make sure you follow the Jumbo Package on Twitter. That's at Jumbo Package NFL. Uh, We will be back soon. Polly, it's been fun.